Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to WBC Central, a Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. I hope y'all had a great Super Bowl weekend. It is a new week. We have new rosters. We know everybody, with the exception of a couple, that's going to be playing in the WBC. And we're going to talk about just kind of the overview of that roster reveal show from last week. Um, But we'll start with some news and notes from the week. Like I said, yesterday was Super Bowl Sunday I'm recording this on Monday, Monday night. Um, And if you went on Twitter at all after the Super Bowl or this morning, everybody was saying it's baseball season. So even though the Caribbean, see the Caribbean series has been going on uh, just finished recently. And we had all the winter ball seasons, MLB seasons coming up and WBC is right around the corner. So yeah, it's super exciting. We have a lot to talk about. I'm going to try to fly through a lot of these news and notes so that we can get to and the meat and potatoes of the episode. I have a, we have a lot of Q and A that I want to go over from last week's episode that I didn't get to go uh, get to go over. Um, want to talk about the roster re- reveal show, kind of an overview. We're not going to be able to touch on many of the rosters of who's actually playing and who's not playing, just because that would just take forever. And I'm going to do a deeper breakdown into all of the different teams throughout the the month. So leading up to the tournament, I'm probably going to do a pool preview of all of the four pools. So we'll do a pool A, B, C, and D preview all in different episodes so that we can do a little bit of a deeper dive than just the highlights. So look forward to that. That's coming soon. But for today, we're just going to do a quick overview. We're also going to go over some of the USA pitching news from today and yesterday, which is not great, but uh, yeah, we got to talk about it. So we will start with some news and notes from the last couple days. So today, we are February 13th, Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. Pitchers and catchers for the WBC officially reported 
to camp or spring training, depending on where they're reporting to. Pitchers and catchers for for MLB teams don't have to report for two or three, I believe, two more days. Um, and a lot of pitchers, like I, I saw a tweet that Roki Sasaki was already had already uh, reported like a week or two ago. But everybody was due to report today, all the pitchers and catchers. And I believe the position players report in maybe two or three days for the WBC as well. Um, we have a couple merch and uniform updates. So USA finally released their USA, their Team USA white home jersey we have been waiting so long for this um it is clean it's crisp it's just pure white with the usa logo kind of a controversial logo not a lot of people some people like it a lot of people don't um i don't mind it uh i think uh, I, I mean we've been playing with that logo for a good while now it doesn't really bother me um could do for an update i guess but um i like the uniform i like the the jersey that they released um it is nike officially nike is the sponsor the brand uh the designer i guess of the usa uniform um it, it was on sale on uh the mlb shop website i don't know if it's there anymore i believe it already sold out it those things sell out like crazy quick so we're still waiting on the away jersey and, and if they're going to do an alternate third jersey or not right now we only have the white jersey um, but go check it out it's on my twitter the pictures for that uh two other roster uh two two other uniform updates for the dr for dominican republic the uniform is going to be unveiled monday february 20th so i'm a week from to that today when i'm recording this that is incorrect <laughs> the dominican republic will unveil their uniform february 15th this wednesday so if you're watching this on tuesday it's tomorrow i misspoke <laughs> So we actually don't know what brand they're going to be using yet for their uniforms. Uh, we just know the date when they're going to be unveiled. And then for Mexico, we do know the brand and we do know the date that, that it's going to be unveiled. Uh, Monday, February 20th, that is when Mexico is unveiling their uniform. It's going to be New Era that actually sponsors their whole uniform, not just the hats. So New Era Mexico is the company that's going to be doing Mexico's uniforms. Uh, another update, you Darvish is expected to be the game one starter for uh, for Samurai Japan. He's been preparing to start that first game against China. Shouldn't be a difficult matchup for him or Team Japan whatsoever. Uh, but a big reason why he is preparing to start that first game is because a couple days later, March 16th, when qualifiers start, uh, sorry, when quarterfinals start, he would be in line for, I believe, six days of rest to be able to start that quarterfinals game for Team Japan. So if he starts game one against China, they're going to win. Shouldn't be close. And then he'll have enough time to rest for quarterfinals. If he starts with the quarterfinals game, he probably will not play at all in the semifinals. And if they make it to the finals, they don't really need him to because they have not only Yu Darvish, Shohei Otani, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Roki Sasaki. If they just throw one of those guys each of their games all the way throughout the tournament, I mean, they could easily make it all the way to the final. So he's preparing to start game one against China. Um, and I think I don't think it'll be an issue for them. For Team USA, this is where we kind of had some not so great news uh, over the last couple of days. A big one, and this is was during the roster reveal 
show. Um, but a big one that people were super surprised by, Logan Webb is not on USA's roster. And there was no word as to why that was the case during the show um, or from Logan Webb himself. So I did some kind of just research and digging, scouring throughout the internet to figure out why it might be that he's not on the roster because that is a big hit to USA's pitching, um, especially to their starting rotation. What I found from a couple different sources um, is that he is healthy, so it's not an injury-related thing. But he hinted at Giants Fan Fest that he probably wouldn't be playing. I haven't found any video of that, what hinted means, but uh, he made it seem like he would not be playing in the WBC, and this was like a week ago. Um, I think a big part of that was that he declined to answer WBC-related questions when asked at FanFest. So that was kind of an indicator, I guess, to them that he would not be uh, playing in the WBC. That was per Evan Webeck on uh, on Twitter. And then the third reason is because that that at least it could be a, a reason why he might not be playing in the WBC or he won't be playing in the WBC is because he is currently in active long-term extension talks with the Giants. So if he's trying to work on that right now, trying to get a long-term extension uh, with the Giants, trying to figure out those contract details, that could be a reason why he doesn't want to play in the World Baseball Classic or he or he withdrew. Regardless, that's a big hit to the uh, rotation for Team USA. Um, I was super looking forward to watching him pitch. I had him as the second best pitcher uh, in the rotation for Team USA, right behind Kershaw. So that was a huge bummer. Um, but nevertheless, he's not playing. There's still a lot of good pitchers on Team USA. Um, there's been an overreaction, I think, on Twitter about how poor People think the the USA pitching is, when in reality, it's so much better than it was in 2017 and in previous WBCs. Um, ever since 2006 was pretty stacked. But after 20, 2006, 2009, 13, and 17, this is easily the best pitching staff we still, still we have for Team USA. But that being said, today, just today, it was announced on Twitter. Uh, Ken Rosenthal tweeted it out. And this one was brutal. Yankees pitcher Nestor Cortez is also withdrawing for, from the WBC. This is because he recently tweaked his hamstring, and so he won't be able to play. He's hurt. He's trying to prepare now for uh, for spring training and opening day. Hopefully, he can start the season healthy. I, I don't even know if that's a, a possibility right now. I think I, I saw a video saying of him saying that that's the goal right now, but he won't be able to play in the WBC, which is him and Logan Webb is just such a hit to the pitching staff for uh, for Team USA. Those are two of the top guys, in my opinion. And I was finally, finally getting ready to put like a definitive, okay, USA number one in my power rankings, Dominican Republic number two, because the DR had a lot of players that withdrew or had to drop out because of insurance issues or whatever. Um, a lot of different reasons. But DR had a lot of players that aren't going to be playing. USA was finally going to be my number one. I was like, okay, this is it. After the roster reveal, it's final. I have them as my number one team. But now without Logan Webb and Nestor Cortez, the rotation is still solid, but not what it was previously. So we have Clayton Kershaw as the ace, I would assume. After him, guys like Adam Wainwright, Brady Singer, who's I think is underrated, Merrill Kelly, who I also think is underrated. Um, you have Lance Lynn, you have Miles Michaelis, who's pretty good. So a bunch of very solid, reliable arms. 
But Nestor Cortez and Logan Webb, those would have been easily in the rotation and two of the top guys. So it's a big hit to Team USA's pitching. Um, they could still win the tournament. They did in 2017 with, with lesser pitching. So I don't think it's um, an end all. It's an, it's not, it doesn't break the chances completely for Team USA, but it is a big hit. So, yep. Thought we could also go over the uh, the bullpen for Team USA. Just real quick. I uh, wanted to read over those names because the bullpen is going to play a huge role in the WBC because of the pitch limits. We can go over the pitch limits and uh, and inning limits later on in this episode. But for now, I'll read off the pitchers that we know from top to bottom for Team USA. We have Jason Adam, Daniel Bard, David Bednar, Kendall Graveman, Merrill Kelly, Lance Lynn, Miles Michaelis, Adam Onovito. Ryan Presley, Brooks Raley, Adam Wainwright, and Nick Martinez is on the designated pitchers pool. Um, So a lot of those guys, even a lot of the starting pitchers are going to play bullpen roles or maybe come in like mid relief, um, throw a couple innings because you're only going to have three, three, maybe four guys start games for the, for the WBC. So because of that, guys like Jason Adam, who had an incredible 2022, Kendall Graveman. Kendall Graveman is really solid. Daniel Bard was one of the best closers in baseball last year. Um, Ryan Presley, who I expect to be the closer for Team USA, America's closer, um, just that was absolutely lights out last October and November for the Astros. Uh, Brooks Raley, very solid. Um, yeah, so they could easily still that that is a pitching rotation and a pitching bullpen, a full staff that uh, can go far in the tournament. So yeah, just wanted to read over those for y'all. Um, actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and go over those pitch limits real quick because I've had a lot of questions about these online and uh, WBC and MLB finally posted the official uh, pitch limits for the 2023 WBC. So there aren't any inning limits, but there are pitch limits. And this is to prevent uh, injury to pitchers um, and hopefully will <laughs> ease the anxiety of MLB clubs watching their guys uh, throw a couple innings in the WBC. So the pitch limits for the 2023 WBC are as follows. If a pitcher throws 50 or more pitches, there is a four-day rest minimum. If a pitcher throws 30 or more pitches, it's a, only a one-day rest minimum. So I think a lot of Coaches, coaching staffs for the WBC are going to try to keep those players under the 50 pitch limit if possible, because if you, if you throw 30 or more pitches, but up to 50, it's like 49 pitches, they only need one day of rest. Um, if, if you pitch over that 50, 50 or more pitches, then it's a whole four day rest. So that would be for the few starters that probably start in the uh, in the first round, the pool stage, and then maybe for like the semifinals. Um, there's also a one day rest minimum if a pitcher pitches two days in a row. So even if they pitch less than 30 pitches, but they pitch two days in a row, which could be the case for a lot of bullpen arms, uh, there is a one day rest minimum. Um, a pitcher also is not allowed to throw any more than 65 pitches per game in the first round of the tournament, 80 pitches per game in the quarterfinals and 95 pitches per game in the championship round. So the absolute maximum that a pitcher can throw in the world baseball classic is 95 pitches. And that's only in the, in the finals uh, of the WBC in the quarterfinals up to 80 
Uh, it doesn't say about the semifinals. I would assume it's also that 80 pitch limit. Um, and then the first round, that pool stage, that is the 65 pitch limit. So you will not see any pitcher throw more than 65 pitches. Um, unless the only caveat to that is if a pitcher needs to complete uh, a batter's plate appearance or finish the inning, uh, or I guess finish the plate appearance, or if the inning finishes prior to that plate appearance, that is the only way that a pitcher can throw over that minimum or that, that maximum amount of pitches. So like, let's say in the final game, in the finals of the WBC, if a pitcher is at 95 pitches and they're in the middle of an at-bat, um, they can finish that at-bat. Or if like someone gets thrown out on base, um, they've gone a couple of pitches over, whichever one comes first, either the end of that plate appearance or the end of the inning. Uh, but they can go over if they're in the middle of an at-bat. Um, so the other caveats uh, or the other exceptions are MLB clubs can request a maximum of pitches for exhibition games, not for the WBC, um, but they can for the exhibition games prior to the WBC, like leading up to the World Baseball Classic. Um, and then also for intentional walks, those pitches do not count towards the pitch limit. So if a pitcher pitches a, an intentional walk, um, allows a guy to walk four straight balls, those four pitches do not count towards the pitch limit. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to see in the World Baseball Classic. I think it's reasonable. Um, four days of rest for 50 or more pitches is is nice um, to to require that. Um, but you can still allow the pitcher to go longer than that if, if needed. Um, and then also for the 95 pitch maximum, um, I think that's reasonable as well. I don't think there's going to be a, a reason why you would need to throw over 100 pitches in, in the Classic when you have uh, like such a like light-out bullpen for a lot of these teams. So, yeah, you'll see a lot of starters throw maybe three to four innings in the pool stage. As the tournament goes on, it'll increase. Um, maybe in the semifinals and the final, you'll see guys go longer. Maybe in the, even the sixth or seventh. Uh, but you won't see guys like pitching a complete game, which I know Sandy Alcantara is not going to be happy about. <laughs> but, yep, those are the pitch limits for the WBC. Um, now we'll really quickly go over the roster reveal show um, because it was it was great. Um, MLB Network showed, they streamed uh, the whole WBC rosters reveal for all 20 teams um, on, on MLB Network and also on MLB's website, um, which I thought was a fantastic idea. They didn't spend like an extensive, like a long period of time for all 20 teams, unfortunately. Just, I mean, it was a full two-hour show, so they didn't have a ton of time to do that. But the fact that they showed all 20 teams on TV was really, really cool because uh, I guess kind of one of my qualms um, and frustrations with the marketing for the World Baseball Classic has been that there's been such a focus on Two teams, USA and Dominican Republic, which is great. Those are the two best teams in the tournament. Um, and rightfully so, they should get their recognition. But there are 18 other teams that I think also deserve uh, to be talked about and covered. So it was really cool to see them be able to cover all of them for at least a little bit of time. Um, we had a watch party, which you can go watch the live stream on my YouTube channel. I'll put the link in my bio um, of my socials and then also in the description of my YouTube video. Um, it was a blast. We had 
it was almost four hours long of streaming. We streamed an hour before the roster's reveal for two hours during, and then an hour afterwards. We had uh, multiple interviews on uh, during the stream. Um, I don't know if y'all, if, if you got to watch it, you got to see three interviews. Uh, one, The first one was with my friend, Daniel Alvarez Montes. Um, he works for uh, El Extrabase, uh, which is, uh, they cover baseball. He covers specifically Venezuelan baseball and the uh, and the Marlins. He lives in Miami. And so he'll be going to all the games or at least covering the whole tournament in Miami in, in that pool and then the later rounds. So um, that was a fantastic uh, interview. Uh, he's a great guy. And it was so much fun to get to talk about the Venezuelan team, who I think is pretty underrated. Um, and then afterwards, that was before the roster's reveal. After the roster's reveal, we had two players who were playing in the WBC come on um, and do interviews on the on the watch party. The first was Josh Wolf, who is a uh, pitching prospect in the Cleveland Guardians organization. He is on the uh, the roster for Team Israel. Um, an absolutely awesome guy. He is he's so fun to talk to. He's super passionate about baseball. <laughs> like he's just a baseball fan. Uh, as well as being a lights out pitcher in uh, in the Cleveland's organization. Um, so go check out that one as well. I'm going to post all of these different interviews kind of separately so that you can watch them in shorter clips rather than having to scroll through the whole four hour stream. Um, but that was really cool. Just get, getting to hear his like Jewish background, his connection to team Israel um, watching team Israel and their magical run in 2017 and finally getting to be on the team himself. Uh, in 2023 he has a super cool story that he shared about uh actually like he found some dms back in like 2012 i believe 2011 2012 2013 when he was like really young like growing up playing baseball in the u.s but reaching out to the the team israel uh like front office or coaching staff to see if he could play for the youth teams um and now he's finally getting to play for the national team uh, on the world stage so that was super cool and then the last the third interview that we had was justin wiley uh, who is a uh, third baseman but also kind of just a utility player he can play all, all over the field um he is playing for great britain also such an awesome guy we we're glad that we got uh to have him on the uh on the podcast because or on the stream <laughs> it was so funny one of my favorite parts was how when we had him on we had a bunch of technical difficulties. He kind of had to pop in and out a bunch of times because his phone was just blowing up after uh, after this the the roster was reveal show because everybody was just all of his friends and family were reaching out to him to congratulate him. So that was a ton of fun. Um, he's a great guy too. Um, his mother is from Trinidad and Tobago, and so because of that, he is eligible. She was born before their independence to Great Britain, so because of that, he is eligible for British citizenship. And so he's playing for Great Britain. He also played for them in the WBC qualifiers, absolutely tore it up, um, and uh, played lights out defense as well. So hopefully, he can sign with an affiliate this next year or two because he has incredible numbers in in, uh, in independent ball. So um, hopefully, this is a showcase for him in the WBC to be able to sign with a, an affiliate team. So. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Um, I can't really go into the rosters right now. And I'm not going to talk about the players that aren't playing in the WBC right now because that's just super draining. Um, we've talked so like at length just so much about the players that aren't going to play in the WBC. So I really want to focus on the players that are going to. 
because that's the best part. Those are the players that we're going to be able to see in the Classic, uh, the players that we're going to see represent the red, white, and blue for Team USA, but then also for the 19 other countries, all of the guys that get to uh, use this as like a showcase to show their talent to the world um, and represent their country uh, with honor and pride. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I thought it was a great show. Um, two things I did want to point out on the roster reveal show were everybody, of course, like I said, freaking out about USA and Dominican Republic. Um, I think it's justified, but there are Venezuela and Korea and Mexico. Um, I think are Puerto Rico, Cuba even has a pretty solid team. Um, there are a lot of teams that deserve some uh, recognition that we'll for sure talk about in detail, uh, in depth going forward. So uh, get ready to dig into those uh, rosters as we um so we go more neat in detail about those pools. Uh, and then the last thing about the roster reveal show, there were two predictions made, one by Chris Young, former MLB player, and then one by JP Morosi. Chris Young predicted to win the tournament, Team USA. And John Morosi predicted Japan. Um, Twitter loved that, that uh, Morosi picked Japan, because I think Japan has a like just as good of an, a chance to win as any other team. Um, I think that they've, they're the most successful team that we've ever seen in the WBC. They've won twice. No other country has done that. And this is yet their, their best strongest roster we've ever seen from Samurai Japan in the WBC. So would not at all be surprised if they won. And then Chris Young picking USA was pretty cool. Um, I think they have the strongest offense, they have the strongest lineup in the in the classic. Uh, pitching is lacking a little bit compared to a couple other countries, but not too far behind. So it's going to be electric when we finally get to those later rounds of the tournament. So yeah, that is kind of everything that I wanted to update y'all on. This isn't going to be a 45 minute long episode like last time, uh, but I did want to go over some, uh, some Q&A that I was asked about last episode last week that I didn't get to go over. So number one uh, question from the Q&A from last week. Uh, this is from at KIVA4440. Will MLB 2023 rule changes be applied in the WBC? For example, pitch clock, bigger bases, and limits on the shifts. Thank you for your question. I really appreciate you asking that because the answer is no. It's not going to be implemented in the WBC. Um, a lot of people had some concerns about that because uh, people are thinking like, oh, well, if, if these changes are happening in MLB, then they need to prepare, these pitchers need to prepare for those uh, pitch clocks or the, the players need to start like figuring out how to work with the larger bases. It's not going to happen in the WBC. And honestly, I'm pretty glad about that because those are big changes and we don't want the WBC to be hindered by players not being able to uh, adjust quick enough to these rules. So I'm, I'm excited that the WBC is just going to let the tournament play with the rules that we've had set for a long time. The players are comfortable with those uh, and there will still be a little bit of time for them afterwards in spring training to get used to those rules. Um, and that's just in, in MLB. A lot of the other leagues are not implementing these rules yet. So they would, it'd be kind of weird for like, KBO players to have to worry about these bigger bases or pitch clocks when uh, when those aren't rules in their leagues. So kind of excited that they're not implemented yet. Um, maybe next WBC, we'll see. 
Question number two from Aiden on air, Aiden Pearson on Twitter. Uh, loving the podcast. What do we think uh, are the chances for Team Israel this year? And what can we expect from them? Wow. Yeah, that is a good question because I think Pool D, what everybody's calling the Pool or the Group of Death, um, is going to be one of the most fun couple games that Pool in the whole tournament to watch. Um, we have Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Nicaragua, and Israel. So we have a definitive top three, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and Venezuela. That is the top tier. Um, but that being said, Israel and Nicaragua are not uh, pushovers by any means. Um, in the WBC, in this tournament setting, with one win, you can easily find a way to make it to the next round. And so if if Israel is able to find a way to uh, to pull out a win against one of those top teams that they're playing, um, they could make it to the next round. They could make it to quarterfinals. And then from there, it's a single elimination type game. They have Dean Kramer, who could easily throw um, uh, a great start for them in, in the pool stage and then come back in quarterfinals. And then if they were to find a way to win that game, then who knows what happens after that. Um I don't think it's very likely. Uh, those top three teams are very, very strong. Um, and so Israel, while they did go on that Cinderella run in 2017, they are missing a couple of their top pieces this year. Uh, the two biggest players that were eligible for Team Israel, uh, Max Fried and Alex Bregman, are not on the roster. Um, and then also Harrison Bader had to drop out. He withdrew so that he could focus on his season um, with the Yankees. So... Uh, and also Kevin Pilar will not be there. So all that being said, I think there's a chance that they could move on, um, but it's it's not very high. Uh, but who knows? It, there's so much, I don't want to say luck, but uh, there's so many factors that going that go into such a short, condensed tournament in baseball because the game of baseball is historically supposed to be played over a long extended period of time to be able to see who really comes out on top um, or in the playoffs, you have like five game series and seven game series uh, in the WBC. Once you get to the quarterfinals and semifinals, it's a one game elimination. So it's like a wild card um, type setting format where who knows what's going to happen. So not very high chances that they move on, but I would not be surprised. Question from at QA sports, zero zero QA sports on Twitter. Even though the tournament is getting more and more recognition, is there something you think the WBC needs to improve in order to be covered more? Wow, that is that's a great question. Um, I think that the WBC is my favorite baseball event. It is my favorite baseball tournament because we finally get to see players from all around the world come together the best of the best from different countries to play in a tournament, just like the world cup. Um, and while it's not where we want it to be someday where it is like as competitive as the world cup, never, it's never going to be as publicized or widespread as the world cup because baseball is just not on the same level as soccer, but I want it to hopefully eventually be able to be as competitive with multiple teams having a chance to win um, and countries from every continent across the globe being able to represent uh, in the WBC. So that being said, um, I think that 
while it is actually, it's improved the marketing and publicity every year that it's happened. So we started in 2006. This is the fifth edition. We had 06, 09, 13, and 17. 23 is the fifth WBC. This is by far the one that's most popular, I would say, um, and most hyped up and with, with the best players across the board. Um, so I think that there is something to be said in that, that people are getting on board with it and that there is more marketing. Hopefully I'm helping that a little bit on Twitter and on my socials, um, but there's still a long way to go. I think, and this is something that uh, I talked on Twitter uh, about with some followers um, and, and in some DMs. I think that baseball that global baseball is still becoming um, an, an idea or a concept that fans are getting used to. So especially U.S. fans, we've grown up watching MLB, and that's been our bread and butter. That's been what we've focused on and uh, has been super fun to follow all, our, all of our lives, and that's not going away anytime soon. Um, it's the best league in the world. It's the, the best of the best players play in, in the, in the U S in uh, MLB. Um, so because of that, this is, this is something we focus on so closely uh, in, in MLB that I, I think fans are still getting used to the idea of other tournaments or bringing in outside variables into that very safe league for us. So um, something like the WBC connecting these leagues from around the world when we haven't been following NPB or KBO or the winter leagues um, or the Dutch league or the Czech league or the Italian league. Um, it's a very, very new concept for fans uh, to get used to. I think it's slowly becoming something that fans are getting comfortable with, but I don't think it's, it's quite there yet to where fans can say like that they are fully on board with seeing their players on their MLB clubs pitch for um, for a national team. So there's still some growth there. I think that just comes with time. I don't think there's really much to be done about that other than just continuing the WBC every four years so that fans can just get used to the idea um, that it that comes every four years. We see the best players from every country represent their, uh, their teams. There's going to be an occasional one-off player that gets hurt, but that's the same way in spring training. Um, there's the risk of the WBC is not nearly what people make it out to be. Um, the, so I don't know. I think fans are getting used to the idea. I think it just comes with time. Um, something else that I was thinking about when it comes to what can improve is just more exposure, exposure to global baseball between WBCs. There's a four year gap. There was a three year, I believe it's now four years gap in between every WBC, like the, like the world cup. And in soccer, there is, there are friendlies and there are um, international competitions happening every single year in baseball. There's nothing like that. There's like the Caribbean series, which is like a, the countries in Latin America and in the Caribbean area that play every off season. But even with those, those aren't the national teams. Those are the winter ball league winners from all of those respective countries that play against each other, but it's not made up of even necessarily players from those countries. Like there are players from other countries that play for those teams. So there's nothing that we can connect from this WBC into four years from now 
because there's no international competition. So we need to find a way to connect global baseball, international baseball every single year. And hopefully just this consistent flow of, I don't know, media outlets covering all of the different leagues together. Um, hopefully, again, I, I, I hope to help with that um, so that U.S. fans are familiar with NPB and KBO and the uh, European leagues and uh, the up and coming African uh, countries that are playing uh, that have some players coming to the U.S. or uh, the South American leagues uh, or players that are new to baseball. So if there was more exposure to international baseball and global baseball, I think that that would really help um, the everyday American baseball fan to become more comfortable quicker with the WBC. Um, and then lastly, I don't know what the answer to this is, but I think it's the elephant in the room. We need to find a way to get the U.S. pitchers to play in the WBC, like the best pitchers, the best of the best. We need to find a way to get the Jacob deGroms and the Justin Verlanders, the Garrett Coles, the uh, Carlos Rodons, the, the Shane McClanahan's. Um, you need to find a way to get the best U.S. pitchers to pitch in the WBC. Once that happens, I think that the tournament takes off. Because that is the only subset, like the category of baseball player right now that is not playing in the WBC. You have the best pitchers and the best hitters from Japan and Korea. Um, you have the best hitters of every country, even the U.S. You have Mike Trout, you have Mookie Betts and Paul Goldschmidt. Um, you have all these guys, these hitters, these position players that are playing in the WBC. We're just miss missing those pitchers for USA. Even guys like Sandy Alcantara or uh, Christian Javier or Ranger Suarez, Martin Perez um, playing for Dominican Republic and Venezuela, Jonathan Loizaga for Nicaragua. Um, you have so many high-end pitchers, but just not for the U.S. quite yet. So whenever we find a way to get them to play, to ease the injury risk and scare from the, from the MLB clubs, I think that is when the tournament will really fully become the baseball world cup. Um, honestly, a lot of other countries kind of see it as, I don't know if this is a bad word to use, but disrespectful for lack of better words that the U S isn't bringing their best pitchers because uh, all the other countries are. So they feel kind of disrespected. It seems like I've had some DMS of people asking me why, um, why they're not playing. And it's kind of hard to give an answer other than that they just want to focus on the, on MLB's season. So, yeah, once we find a way to get the MLB pitchers to pitch in the WBC to represent their countries, um, specifically for U.S., I think that's when everything changes for the WBC. But, yeah, that's everything I wanted to go over. Um, that pretty much covers all the Q&A uh, that I wanted to cover from the last episode we'll definitely have more q a hopefully every episode try to go through those as quickly as possible so that i can get more in um but yeah we'll talk about more roster updates and uh, roster news as the uh as the weeks go on we're less than a month away it's crazy i mean yeah i'm super excited it's super close um last thing i want to talk about is just mention as like a, something to be prepared for if you follow me on twitter i've been posting team graphics since last summer whether it's the dream teams or the um, the new roster, uh, like preliminary rosters. Well, I am now working on a full team infographic for every national team. And it's not going to only include the rosters, but it's going to include projected lineups, projected rosters, 
uh, projected lineups and projected rotations. Um, it's going to have um, jerseys, like the uniforms on the graphic. It's going to have like the coaching staffs. I'm going to be able to try to put as much of the, uh, the, as much information about the team into one holistic graphic as possible for all 20 countries. So that's why I haven't been tweeting as much uh, as normal. I've been working on those as much as possible the last couple of days, trying to get those out as quickly as possible. So be looking for that thread pretty soon. Uh, yeah, after I put those out, I'll be able to work on my power rankings. I'll post those updated power rankings and then we should be good um, from there. Yeah, super excited. Uh, let me know if y'all need anything, have any questions, uh, any feedback. Uh, go like and subscribe on Twitter. Sorry, on YouTube. Um, go follow me on my socials and make sure to subscribe to the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast on all uh, podcasting platforms so that you can listen to WBC Central. So, yeah. Great podcast. I will see you all soon. Uh, we're going to be doing another episode Thursday night posted Friday morning. So be looking out for that. And then we will go into the uh, new pools sometime soon. Um, go watch the the uh, last interviews as well from uh, from the live stream watch party. So it's on my YouTube. All right. Y'all have a good night or good morning whenever you're watching this. Bye-bye. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I... Uh... I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.